and welcome, one listener of us. <laughs> Thank you for once again listening this week. We're very grateful for this one view. Yeah. It's tracks from Germany and Reptile from Australia for you. And today, dear one listener, we're reviewing uh, Mistborn, the final empire. The first one in the Mistborn series. Once a hero arose to save the world, a young man with a mysterious heritage courageously challenged the darkness that strangled the land. He failed. For thousands of years since, the world has been a wasteland of ash and mist, ruled by the immortal emperor known only as the Lord Ruler. Every revolt has failed miserably. Yet, somehow, hope survives. Hope that dares to dream of of ending the empire and even Lord the R- Lord Ruler himself, a new kind of uprising is being planned. One built around the ultimate caper, one that depends on the cunning of a brilliant criminal mastermind and the determination of an unlikely heroine, a street urchin who must learn to master Alumacy, the power of a mistborn. Da, 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 da. An exceedingly satisfying book. RT book reviews. <laughs> Well, wait. <laughs> so I actually, yeah, didn't read the book. I only listened to the the graphic audiobook, which actually was a lot of fun. I wasn't sure about it in the in the beginning because so far I only did normal audiobooks. I never did the all the plays. Yeah, what's you know? the what's the difference with the graphic audiobook? Well, every character has a different narrator. So you actually get like the different voices, and okay. you get background sound effects. And well, they don't—they naturally don't read things like he sighed or something. The person then just sighs. <laughs> so they tend to be a tiny bit shorter, but only because they omit things that they actually do, basically. Mm. Audio actions, basically. Yeah, and I really liked it. It, yeah, I think it made it easier to keep up with a lot of the characters because they are you get bombarded with characters at some point and i found it a lot easier to to keep them distinguished by by remembering the voices more than the names because once again those fucking fantasy names Mm. but the audiobook is really good because at least i know how to pronounce them at least if i can trust the narrator to do it correctly jump in all the time like (laughs) alamancy Alomancy. And um, Alomancy, yeah. Alomancy, alright. You know, like, hello, Mancy. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, so you enjoyed this book then, mostly? Um, yeah, I did. At, at some points, I thought it was a bit, like, a lot of input. Be- because it's a really, it's a complex world they're, they're building up. And it's a really complex... Um, like magic system that they have which yeah I, I like that they put that much effort and thought into it but at the same time it becomes really complicated because they try to they or he tries to insert it just sporadically at some points but then it's not enough info to actually understand what's going on so sometimes uh, it left me a bit confused okay I didn't 
struggle so much with the magic concept. This is also the second time I've read the book, but I don't remember struggling with the magical concept last time around either. Um, I, I also really enjoy the book. I think that Brandon Sanderson really can really fucking world build. Like, yes. um, he's got a kind of spectacular skill in that world building stuff. So this is the first of his books that I had ever read, and I don't actually remember how I cottoned on to these. Um, but I read the, I read it digitally twice, and then proceeded to go and buy a hard copy of it, the first edition actually, because I liked it that much. But now I've, like, looked at the inner cover, like, solidly, and it's, like, it's the first mass market edition, so it's actually, the like, the second print. <sighs> you know, a bit frazzled. Um, anyway, and it, but it does also say, like, if you've bought this book without the cover, it's because it has it got a spelling mistake and you've been sold a, a bad book. Yes. If you purchase this book without a cover, you should be aware this book is stolen property. It was reported as unsold and destroyed to the publisher, and neither the author nor the publisher have received any payment for this stripped book. Anyway, but it has the cover, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious, though, a misprint that's been, been stolen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I don't know. It's a bit odd. The whole thing is a bit odd. Um, but yeah, Brandon Sanson writes a good story. And I am really impressed in this book about the female protagonist I like her a lot I relate to her a lot I think she's well written and her motivations are good and I was very much from this book preaching how good Brandon Sanderson's female protagonists were uh, only to be incredibly disappointed in the female protagonists in his um, Storm of Light archives book but I think that's just because she's an annoying bitch um <laughs> Whereas I like I like Vin a lot. Yeah, no, I think he did a good job on her. And I also like that it's not, you know, I mean, she's a 16-year-old girl and we're in a fantasy book, but it's not some sappy love story. He, he kept a really good balance there. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so what's, what's your rating for this one? Um, I think I'd go with, with a solid four stars. Yeah, me too, I think. It's a solid four stars. It didn't... This could just be because I know what's happening now and I, I know what he does, but it didn't really blow me away. But again, this is like the third or the fourth time that I've read this. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so far I, I've only read this book in the series, but I'm actually interested in reading the other ones too, so that's a good sign. Yeah. When you come visit, I'll, I'll just add them to the list of books that I have here for you to, to read. Yeah, I'll, I'll just come for two months and do nothing else but sit in your room and read books, basically. Well, it kind of... I mean, it's not like you'd be allowed to go back to Europe. Once you're here, you're stuck here for a minimum of 14 days. True. And I'm not allowed to go out either if I have to quarantine myself, so... Yeah. Yay. Uh, did you... Okay, just completely switch, switch and track a little bit and you can cut this. Um... Victoria's got their second wave. They've had a massive secondary outbreak. So. Mm. Yeah, we've st we've gone and stocked up on toilet paper again. Everybody in New South <sighs> Wales is freaking out. 
You, did we not learn anything from the last time with the toilet paper? It's fine. What you need anyway is cough syrup. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I never get it with the fucking toilet paper. The first thing I would bulk buy would probably be wine. Just give me all the alcohol. This is going to be depressing. I mean, that's how you also treated the hurricane. Or what is it? Splizzard. There we go. Yeah. I mean, any disaster really requires obscene amounts of alcohol. Toilet paper won't make you happy at night. Wine will. True, but, like, why didn't you go for, like, food or something? Or, like, canned goods? Why is it toilet paper and tissues? (laughs) I mean, to be fair, the canned goods were also very in demand here. Less so here. No, people knew that their canned soups were all they're going to need. That and toilet paper. Yeah. So we had an issue in Australia that we found out, which was that we can produce enough soup that it'll last a lifetime. What we don't do is produce enough tins. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Super exciting. I mean, you got to find these issues, you know, and you got to learn, so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but it's not like we're equipped for the next round of it because we still haven't, like, gotten a way to make more containers. Yeah, I guess you have to, at some point, you're going to have to start with soup kitchens and just handing out the soup to people with bringing their own bowls and containers. Yeah, something like that. I mean, only if it goes more horribly wrong. Yes, it'd be much interesting. Anyway, well, I hope it doesn't go more horribly wrong until we're at least in the same country. Yeah, no, that would be nice. So, so are we hoping for a really, really far away second wave? Or? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Honestly, I, I'm hoping not for a second wave. Sure, let's go with that. Anyway, back into the story. Cool. Yes. You've agreed that it's like two, two four stars is what we're giving it. Yeah, which I think is a pretty good rating as far as, as we go. Yeah. But the fact that we've also come to the same rating conclusion makes me feel like maybe I haven't treated this book well enough. Um, huh. Possibly. I don't know. It's now across the universe, and for that I am grateful. <laughs> yes, I can yes. hate that book. I know. Everyone fucking knows. <laughs> you will hold it against me till the end of time. You made me read it twice. No, um, that's not true. No, I did not. Okay. I feel so, like I feel like it took years to read. Maybe that's why. Well, that's hardly my fault. Okay. So, should we talk about how each of the chat? So, all right. To the spoiler section. We yes. We definitely doing this. All Let's right. Let's go off to the spoilers. Spoilers. Rude. Okay, so I feel like it's important to talk about when you open a chapter in the book, at the start, it has like a paragraph of text in italics. Yes. And I guess the first time I read it, I was somewhat ignorant of that text, and I was like, are these supposed to be like quotes from philosophers? And it like legit took me all the way to the end of the fucking book to catch on what was going on with them. I, I I too was first confused because ironically, um, 
it it is a man's story the the italic writing but the narrator mm. in the in the graphic audiobook is a woman so i of course thought like this is probably vin in the future and we keep getting like we keep jumping in time to the future where she has to do some heroic quest or whatever yeah i guess i thought the same thing too and i do realize that the protagonist was male and i thought potentially it was like somebody else's like reflecting her story back in some way shape or form yeah or that maybe she would end up as a side side character yeah and then at some point when i realized yeah like oh uh, because at some point it says um i'm a boy from like a small village or whatever and i was like oh this is a guy first of all why Mm -hmm. do you choose a woman's voice and secondly, <laughs> who the fuck is this? <laughs> and then I kind of assumed that it might be the story of the of the Lord Ruler, like how he came into power or something. So so the whole time I was I kept being on the completely wrong track until yeah, pretty much almost the end of the book when I was like, oh fuck, it's it's not it's neither of of any of the characters here. Yeah, which I thought was it's such a such a red herring. And I think we'll we'll go into it a bit later, but like I just feel like it was important to mention that the style of these chapters and the the things that he's dealing with to some extent, like Vin is also Vin and Kels, Kelsia Kels, Kelsia are dealing with as well. Yeah. So like, I mean, I I did get the parallels at a lot of places, but I I would have liked a couple more clues early on from whom this is just um i think it i think it was really well done i don't think i needed the clues because that was the whole that was part of the whole reveal at the end so i think i think it was done really well i love when i can't pick the end of the story like halfway through (laughs) but i guess not why i'm usually not why i'm reading except you know when I read myself a little rom-com because, you know, <laughs> the world is sucks and I need to find a happy ending. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, um, I mean, to be fair, the, the, main, the main ending to the story wasn't surprising, I, I, I thought, or at least to this book. I, not the whole story, obviously, but... Yeah, it wasn't surprising, but I guess finding out some of the details around the ending was surprising. Yeah. Like, okay. how we got there is kind of important. Yeah, we're yeah. talking around it a little bit, but maybe we should go... Yeah, let's get it. We should just get on to it. Um, so, the first chapter... So, the prologue opens with um, the... High Inquisitor? No, 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 no. It's not the Inquisitor. It's like the Obel or something or other. Um, Obligator. Um, Obligator. There we go. Here's definitely where you're knowing the pronunciation is going to be very important. So we open at Lord T. Resting. Um, um, <laughs> it's it's not me, okay? Um, hold on. Yeah, Lord Tresting. Lord Tresting's like uh, a state uh basically and he is with the lord obligator who is like a religious guy but also predominantly a bureaucrat it was 
his role is kind of like if you took all of the governing like roles, everybody in government, and made them religious. That's basically what they do. So they're like religious accountants and like religious clerks and uh, religious taxmen and um, yeah, religious uh, police officers and anything that you can consider like a government role you basically become part of the police force and become an obligator. Yes. And then they although, start getting fair, tattoos. Yeah, although, to be fair, their religion is really... It's like an, it's not in the, in the picture that much, I find. No. Like, uh, you know, they're religious, but they don't walk around reading, like, scripture or blessing people or some shit. Oh, yeah. There is no need for them to convert and, like, spread the good word because their god is a living god who's the current ruler of the nation. Yeah. So, so now we have... Um, I think we have the, the crew coming in now. Like, Kelsey is... Fancy crew for this fancy job he's planning. And then it's like really, really com confused by the by the people. One of the one of the crew members mm -hmm. is making her get him a cup of wine. Basically, he's he's manipulating her, but forcing her to do she, it. Yeah, I think she realizes halfway through what's happening. Like, why am I getting him wine? I don't want to get him wine. And, yeah, so she, she realizes that all of the crew, um, or everybody he, he asks to come for this job, for the meeting, is probably at least an Alamancer. Yeah, minimum, right? Yeah. So, big fancy people coming, pretty much. At least in comparison to her normal thieving Scar Crew people. Yeah, these are like... The people she was with before are like two-bit not worth it compared to these guys. These guys are go big or go home. Yeah, and also they seem to have more... I don't know, they have a better... Um, a better sense of uh, how a crew should hold together pretty much. Because the crew yeah, they're all before loyal was, like, to each other. Weakest, yeah, and the other thieving crews are all like, the weakest link has to die, so they can't yeah. drag the rest of them down. It's everyone for themselves. Yeah, which is... Whereas this is a lot like, um, one for all, and all for one. <laughs> it's the musketeers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have <coughs> all of them showing up. Um... Kelsia joins and uh, and brings with him the leader of the, the Scar Rebellion, um, Yeden, I think. I can't remember. Uh, um, yes, and basically goes the yeah, rebellion Yeden. hired us to do a to do a, do job. a job, and it's it's a simple job. It's basically just toppling down the final empire. Yeah, we're just going to crush the Empire, it's fine. 
I think the job is actually just to kill the Lord Ruler, isn't it? No, that's really just what Kelsia wants to do. Oh, okay. The job technically is to throw <clears throat> over the Empire so that then the Rebellion can establish a new rule, basically. Right here. And Kelsia is like, well, I'm big on revenge, so I'm really just in it to kill the, the Lord Ruler. Right. Cool. But, yeah, each their own, right? And everyone agrees, except for clubs, right? Yeah. They're We're all like, just... yeah, let's do it. And you're like, what <laughs> is this crew of people? <laughs> yeah, and Klops is just like, you're all fucking crazy. I'm going to leave now. And, and fair enough. Vin... Fair enough. Yeah, and I mean, Vin is also thinking this is super crazy. Like, the Final Empire is the most powerful institution. You can't just overthrow them. Yeah, it's the final empire. It's in the name. Yeah, I mean, well-chosen name. I give them that. Yeah, it's like anything that calls himself the Third Reich. Like, <laughs> really? This is your third attempt at it. Maybe you should get a new name. Um, <laughs> that's a terrible joke. Please remove that joke. Um, <laughs> oh, no, this one's staying. <laughs> rude. Can you you um, can make the joke. You, can, you say it. You're German. <laughs> Oh, no, no, it's much funnier from this side of the conversation, trust me. Um, yes, so basically, Vin too thinks this is a super, super stupid idea, but then Kelsia promised her that he would teach her how, how to be a misborn and how, yeah. Yeah, how to use the metals. And so she's like, well, training, whatever. Montage, can... Training, montage, training, montage. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, fine, I'll stick around for it, but at least in the beginning, she definitely doesn't believe that they can do it. Not even a but, little bit. She's not. She's she's just here for the food, like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and also we get the little tidbit at the end of the chapter where, um, Kelsia talks about the eleventh medal. So yeah, now he, ten medals around and. He's heard the, the mystical stories about the 11th, 11th metal yeah. that apparently um, can kill the Lord Ruler. Yeah. Super convenient. Yeah. I'm not sure in which chapter we have that inner monologue of Kelsius, um, but at some oh. point we have him admitting that he started all the rumors. That's way later. That's not right now. That's ah, fine. Way to give away the story. Possible. God, jeez. Anyway, yeah, so everybody keeps hearing these rumors about the eleventh metal, including Kelsia. But it turns out that he is the source of the rumors of the eleventh metal. Yeah, which I, I don't get why he started the rumors in the first place, though. Oh, so the the Lord Ruler gets scared. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit of a mood mute point here, I think. But I mean, it is and it isn't. If like the whole the way this whole thing works is like a lot of it seems to be that the there are two opposing forces, right? Uh, chaos and order in this universe. Those are the end gods, right? And maybe this is covered in later books, but the yeah, I think so. Forces themselves manipulate information and the, the tale of things. So, like, while we're going through the tale of the first hero, right, which is the bit at the start, 
or the last hero, whatever he's supposed to, he gets called in the end. We we end up with this like yeah yeah we end up with this tale where the information changes and they don't know why the source is changing it, but the change seems to be coming from the sources of like chaos and order and like the other gods that manipulate the universe. It's really quite like something. And yeah, like, I think it comes in definitely in the later books. Yeah, but like having that information out there, like it could easily have come from any of these other places, which could really put the Lord Ruler into fucking issue because he's kind of halfway's manifesting a bunch of other things anyway. Yeah, it's like I I do like the con- concepts of a lot of these things. I just sometimes think it's, like, it's a bit too much at some points. And well, you can't really, you can't really explain it. Reader. What? You're just not a high fantasy, like, person, though. I mean, I, I, I'm happy with big concepts. It's just, either you have to explain them fully, in which case you're just giving exposition, or you, you try to build them in, but then often I find it's just, I don't know, it's not enough of an explanation, or it's too little. I, think, I, I don't know. I had to Google think, a lot here in order to, to keep up with, with yeah. the I don't intricate ways. I don't think that you need to Google, like, this particular bit about, like, this, my theory here about the 11th medal. But the... Yeah, no. I think the idea of this rumor going round and it giving the Lord Ruler a bit of a fright is has more credence than the than like at at first glance. Like, pff, why would he be scared of this weird unknown magic that is going to kill him? But like, there's actually like potential genuine fear of this rumor that there is this other thing, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, we should, do you want to keep moving on? Yes, let's keep going. Um, Okay, so we, uh, yes, we have a bit about the 11th medal, and Kelsey admits that he doesn't really know how to, how it works yet, but that he's sure it's going to help him kill the Lord Ruler, and that that's something he personally wants to do as well. Where in the the main plan for the whole operation is just to drive him out of the city while they're taking control and making sure he doesn't have his, his armies and his wealth and then he won't be in any position of power. But yeah. Kelsia also wants to make sure that he gets to kill him. Yeah. I mean, that's the end goal. Yeah, which, fair enough. Alright. Sorry, the god's called the Deepness, anyway. Ah, Yes. I mean, we do get a reference to that in the in, in the telling at the beginning of, of the chapters. Yeah. There's a reference to it at some point. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. moving on. Okay. Um, so then I think we have another... Um, oh, no, wait. We don't have the other meeting yet. No. So it's, we... Um... The Kelsia goes there to steal the Atium? Yes. Atium? He breaks into the um, he breaks into the home of House Venture to, to steal some Atium. 
Ah, that's right. It's a keep, it's isn't like, it? Yeah. <clears throat> Which is, I think, the the tenth metal. It's like the most powerful it's, one, basically. Yeah, and it's pretty rare, and they like keep a stockpile of it because they're the ones that mine it, right? Um, I don't. We don't know that they mine it yet. I think. Ah, okay. We we um so far, Kelsia just says that. Um, the the Lord Ruler controls the entire uh, the entire Supply amount of it. it basically. Yeah, he he um, has the scar harvested in the in the pits of Hefton or what it was. Yeah, and basically controls the entire supply to the point where he only lets the the big houses buy tiny amounts every year for ridiculous prices to make sure that he stays. On top of them, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know that we mentioned that the Scar can't have any of these magical powers. Right? No. It's just those in the upper class who are just like the people. They're not really referred to anything as anything else. And when uh, we have... So, the big issue, right, with why people are so worried about these lords... Um, sleeping with the scar is because that they then they produce these offspring and they give the potential for these magical powers right to be within the scar population and that's how vin and kelsia and doxin and spook are all are all these kind of people that i think some of them do end up knowing who their fathers are but the rest of them are like, oh, their blood finally, like, it's gone down the lines enough times that they, it appeared. You don't necessarily have to have direct lineage to any of these, um, uh, to any of these oh, houses. Yeah. Or any of these families. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So that's also one of the reasons why half-breeds are, like, outlawed. Yeah. Because you don't want the, the slaves getting any power, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, you don't want to give the slaves magical powers. That'd be terrible. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah, definitely would be. Yeah, and it's around now that we get the first mention of that other magic, the the other metal magic, the ferrochemist. It's like iron chemist or something. It's like ferrochemist? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember if it was actually... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure on the pronunciation on that one, because it kind of slipped past me a couple of times. But yeah, it's like ferrochemists, yeah. Yeah, so we also get that first mention, but nothing really explained it. You're like, oh, other magic? What is this? <laughs> yes, and once again, me confused. <laughs> yeah, look, I think maybe you just need to learn to let shit slide, and that that it'll be explained in the end. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm too impatient. No, not at all. <laughs> anyway. Just... Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Kelsia ends up with all of the special ATM and kills a whole bunch of people and leaves. Yes, we also get um, we also get a quick mention of the Haze Killers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Basically, people who've been trained to fight Mistborn. Yeah. So, because, because 
yeah, Miss Bonner's so oh well, they're well trained. Uh, yeah, they really know how to <laughs> how to fight well with metals, and so I think the the haze killers don't wear any metal on their bodies. Yeah, think like just, the army of people they produce to fight Magneto. That's kind <laughs> of the deal, and yeah. it's because so like culturally, right? All all of the families at any one point have a Mistborn, and that's effectively a title. Um, and it is the person in their family who has all of the magical powers, and so it's quite possible that one of the great families has more than one, but it's unlikely. It's generally only one, maybe two, and they're, like, incredibly well-trained across all of the different aspects of the medals, and, like, they basically become the um, corporate espionage slash real espionage um, <clears throat> peoples of their family. So they, like, break into people's houses and steal their secrets and, like, assassinate their enemies and, yeah. Which is why they've developed haze killers to stop, you know, somebody else's misborn getting in and killing your, you know, head of, head of family and stuff like that or stealing all your secrets and stealing all your metal so you have no more magical powers. Yeah, pretty much. And seeing how, how Mistborn is, like, really a, f- a form of title almost, they they do wear the special cloaks, basically, that identifies them in a way. So if you see somebody in a cloak, you know it's Mistborn, and you know to just stay out of their way, pretty much. Yeah. If you it's can like, help oh, it, look over you there. didn't see anything. Yeah, because they are, well, in part they're, they're the spies and the assassins. Yeah. They're the people you send around if you want to deal with somebody powerful. So you kind of know, you don't want to get in their way. Yeah, it's the worst kept invisibility cloak. Like, <laughs> Yes. Everybody saw you and know where you went. They just couldn't tell you which Mistborn it technically was. Anyway. Yeah, but it also means that they have pretty much free range with whatever they want to do. Yeah, specifically around the servant class and the, like, the scar. Yeah. It's like, get out of the way. Um, which, so Kelsey has adorned one of those, or has is wearing one of those cloaks and just, like, done this, and now it's like, oh my god, what family has attacked this other family and killed all of these people? Yes. So... They... Setting up some political intrigue. <laughs> yes, or I think as he described it, just stirring up some trouble. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get them fighting. It's fun. Yeah, but also he has the medal that he really wanted. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, we don't we don't have any info yet on what it actually does. Just that it's super powerful. Yeah. But it's, you know, intrigue for later. Um, we also get mentioned... Uh, sorry, no, we, that's the next... In a, in a bit. So, yeah. Finn wakes up in the, the room in Club's shop. That's kind of like the start of the next episode. And Club's is basically a master woodcarver. He's a scar with a, like, a family and a business who masquerades as a, as a thief in the night. Um, but he's, he has, like, a bunch of apprentices, people coming and going all the time, and he's, like, 
in charge of this like industry effectively um and that's actually where they hide out and have a lot of their meetings because it's really noisy so vin is in a bedroom above his 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 workshop his craft shop yeah and it's just it's a really cute scene um i find and she gets up and she looks a bit through the house and she gets to the kitchens and there are just a lot of women working there pretty much and yeah. then kitchen roll um, yeah and then i don't know was it Hammond or Doxon? somebody comes in and just grabs some of the food and then she's like huh nobody stopped him nobody said a word maybe mm-hmm. i can do that too <laughs> and she just goes and like grabs a bit of food and they just look at her like yeah this is perfectly fine you're like mm. higher in station and this is prepared food and yes <laughs> and she just like well okay i'll take two more then <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah it's a nice scene yeah i wasn't kidding though when she stays for the food at the start of it <laughs> yeah i mean which is fair if you're coming from a background where i'm sure she had like plenty of, yeah plenty of nights where she went to bed hungry then yeah save all the fucking food yeah um so we get now too we get kelsey's full plan of how to destroy the emperor empire which and we get oh, marsh yes. come comes back as well um yes marsh returns and um he and um he and kelsey are like going to have some alone chat <laughs> and then it's like hmm, i know how to enhance my hearing now so mm. Yeah, yeah, you guys go and talk. <laughs> yeah, so we get a lot of uh, information from what she overhears about them planning, right? Uh, yes. And it's just... The whole... Um, the whole I, I like that you can't just enhance your hearing or your vision, but you have to enhance all of your senses. So you have to be really careful not to get overwhelmed. Yeah, so the idea that, yeah, maybe... You have super quick reflexes now, but if your enemy just turns on a small light, it's going to be so intense for your eyes that he can blind you with that. Yeah. Which I think is pretty good that there are, like, good and bad parts to all these things, and, like, you have to learn to deal with them. Yeah. It's it's not just the omniscient superpower that solves everything. I do really like that. Yeah. Um, but this is where we get a lot of information about, like, the Scar Rebellion, right? So the caves that we get, the hideout that uh, Kelsier originally sent the, our first lot of Scar that we come across where he like burnt down the man- master's manor. Yeah, yeah. He, he's talking about those caves and how, much, how many people they can hold and, you know, what a bunch of estates look like and places and like different lords and then families and stuff like that. There's a lot of information that we don't really understand now, but it's clearly important later. Yeah, and we and we get the information that um, I think we might actually have that a little bit earlier too in the, in the meeting that Kelsia basically has a nobleman that, that's going to work for them, Lord Renault. Oh yeah, that's right. And um, I don't know if it was him, but somebody's just basically like, you you don't trust 
any noble people, you trust this guy? Yes, I trust this guy. And it's just like, this this is super nun like you. And yeah. then, oh, oh God, you, you didn't. Oh, God damn it. He isn't a nobleman, is he? <laughs> and it turns out that uh, Lord Renault is, is basically an imposter. It's... Yeah, so, I mean, do you want to go into that now? I think it's a really cool thing. Yes, I think it was really well done, too. Yeah, so they're within these, this kind of world. We we talked about the miswrites earlier, um, or at least Trex yeah. did, because I forgot what they were called. Um, and the miswrites are, like, the cousins or the, like, early attempts at making this uh, creature that has the ability to change shape. And it has the ability to change shape after it eats somebody. So, um, what it can do is, basically, once it eats your body, it, like, then can create the same muscle patterns, texture, fiber, that, of who you were before that point. So it can do that for any individual human being, dog cow, etc, etc. And the terrifying thing about misrates is that they don't do that successfully. They will, like, yeah. eat a cow and then be like, yeah, I can take on its shape and give it, like, 15 legs. Or, like, <laughs> I fail... I mean, I think the problem with them is also that they... I mean, they use part of the, the thing that they ingested. Yeah, like, you, like they feel like they're missing... I'm missing another rib over here. Let me take it from there. But at the same time, they also can't... Like, I think once they incorporate something, they can't really dispose of it anymore. The mithrates can't, no. So they end up, like, collecting a lot of limbs and bones (laughs) and hearts. Yeah, so, I mean, they look fucking terrifying. If you imagine them having, like, a human hand and then there's a hoof somewhere and just a couple of deer heads and all that sort of shit just like fucking terrifying collection of, of animal yeah, parts the, and the, only, parts. the really the thing is though with these is that they can't kill anybody they just they're yeah. kind of like vultures they they'll take what is le- lying around um but that doesn't stop people being afraid of them in the night and one of the reasons everybody's so terrified of the mist is because of these Yeah, I mean, which makes sense. If if you don't know that they only eat corpses, then... Scavengers, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, so if you don't know that, then seeing them would be fucking terrifying, because they do have very translucent skin, so you can't see all of the skeletal parts they have accumulated. Yeah, yeah. it's, It's not a pretty picture. Yes, but, um... So this... Their cousin, the one that can actually manage this quite well, um, Kelsia has hired to take the place of a lord that he has killed and fed to them. Yeah. Which I thought was just kind of awesome. I mean, it's it's definitely badass, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, Vin thinks that He's just a scar that got really good at impersonating a nobleman. Yeah, like, really good. Yeah, so she's just, like, super in awe at how good an actor he is and how well he must have been prepared for the role. But, I mean, 
so so we do have um, a high lord on our side too basically and Vin also makes the great suggestion at the meeting that they could just use the operation from from um, Kamen that he set up using that oh, yeah, contract okay. that he secured with the, the steel ministry and they could use it so that the high lord Renault can buy weapons and then ship them via the shipping contract to the to the rebels, right? Yeah, something along those lines. Um, they can produce, they can get the steel or something in the in its raw form. Yeah. So, yay to the yay! The the plants are being established and it's looking all so good. Yeah. Um, and it, we at this point soon too we have Finn gets her first night out at training as a a misborn. She gets a miss cloak and then they go. And talk, they do the eight basic medals and start, like, jumping off the wall. Yeah, and basically getting out of out of the town, which yeah. I think Vin has never been. Yeah, she's been in Lutherdale. Yeah, her whole life. Yeah, so they get over the wall and I think she's kind of surprised how just, like, fairly normal everything is outside. Yeah. How, how little there is basically outside. And um, I don't know if they see the mist wraith then or if there was a different night. I don't know, but it's somewhere around this point where we start getting an explanation of what a mist wraith is. Yeah, and where they see one because she too believed all the stories and is like, oh my god, there's a mist wraith somewhere around. I don't want to meet them. <laughs> and Kelsey yeah. is just like, it's fine. They're not even something to worry about. Yeah. Which, yeah, was kind of cool and eerie. Yeah. This um chapter also, too, is the one where we start talking about... So, uh, our friend at the beginning, in the italic text, yeah. he starts talking about um, somebody he's just met who's so full of hatred. He's just yes. ridiculously full of hatred. Um... And, yeah, it's just kind of, like, amazing. He's, like, this, the, it amazes me that anyone would give heed to such a man who speaks with such hate. He's never seen um, Caledium, and yet he curses the city. He does not know me, yet I can already see the anger and hostility in his eyes. Like, I think. Yes, a man called Rashik. Yeah. And it's, like, this guy who's going to save all of the universe and you hate him? Like, why do you yeah. hate him? Anyway, I just thought yeah. that was pretty good, Ben. Yes. Important setup. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, yeah. Then we have um, next chapter. We have Marsh and Kelsey are talking about uh, the job a bit more, I think. And Vin is eavesdropping once again. And. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, and then I think we have them. Yeah, so it's... at that point, they're also at the. Um, like, they made their way over the wall through the wilderness and to, to um, Phillies. 
where Lord Renault lives. Yeah, so sorry, I got a bit lost because I, I couldn't remember the second meeting all that much. I guess it blended together. But yeah, they head out to Felice yeah. to meet um, Lord Renault. Fucking French words. Yes. Um, yeah. Where they have like a short talk and then I think it's pretty much nighttime yeah. already. Um, and then I think we have the training montage, kind of. I mean, yes and no. So first we get the the suggestion that um, Vin played the daughter of a favourite cousin who's going to like make her debut into town, don't we? Yeah. I mean, the, the main plan was to make her um, the heir of House Renault. Yeah. But it would make her too much of an like, important too... person in society and people yeah. would be too much interested in her background and everything. Not to mention how many guys would be after her because she's an heiress. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, part of it comes around the fact that she, like, doesn't have the air and grace of somebody who's been in court their whole life. Yeah, so they go with, ah, favorite niece, that's, that's a bit easier. From some bumbling second cousin. <laughs> Somewhere out in the nowhere lands. Basically. Um, and then we get the training montage, because now she yeah. has to learn, like... I mean, we, we don't even get the montage, we just, we get them, we get the opening scene of, of a chapter where they're having a training session, Kelsey and Vin, yes. and somewhere Spark. in there it's, yeah, and somewhere in there it's dropped that it's been two months since they arrived in Feliz. Yeah. So we kind of gather that they must have had a lot of training since then. So the training and montage Kelsey, is a time jump. Yeah, and Kelsey kind of compliments her that she's gotten incredibly good at elements, seeing how she only learned two months ago how it works. Yeah. Um, and we also get her haircut scene. Is this this is the haircut um, scene, right? Not yet. I think we we. Oh no, we do. Um. Yeah, we have um Sazet who got yeah. introduced. I think in the last chapter actually who is um, a terrorist man. Yes, which is the same, which, okay, so the reason that I mentioned that quote before is because Rakshek is a, is a terrorist man as well. So we're contrasting this man that's full of hate with Says, who is this, like, hugely calming influence who's, like, Super chill, like almost ninety percent of the time, and like, um, he's really bookish and not like at all a warrior kind of sort, which is yeah. Um, we 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 have yeah we have the the haircut scene where Vin gets a haircut by some serving woman. Can't remember yeah. the name. And, and Sage tries to convert her to any other religion. Yeah, I mean, he he tries to convert her to um, trilogism, and it's it's the fifth so far. <laughs> and then she yeah. asks him how many more he knows, and he's like, well, about 562. Yeah, his special academic interest has been different religions. Yeah, and they're all, like, all of them are extinct religions, too. Well, but she's yeah, like, you're trying to convert me to a religion that doesn't exist anymore. 
But he does the same with, with Kelsey at some point too. Yeah, he tries to convert anyone. He wants to reestablish the, all of the different religions because he thinks all of them might have the secret to to the universe, basically. I think she asked him yeah. if she if he believes in any of them. He's like, oh, I believe all of them has a place. <clears throat> yeah, he, he just likes the, the thought of religion. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, yeah, yeah that's when... The, sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, he's also that ferrochemistry fer- user. Yes. So he can put different abilities into metal bands that he wears. It's kind of like a different take on the eight metals that um, that Kelsia and Vin can burn. He can take his natural abilities as is and, like, use them. <coughs> so yeah although i don't think we we get told that till way later no but I, I think it's mentioned that that's what he is like that she knows that he is one of those does it might have slipped past me um okay. yes and we also get the info that um then it's gonna attend her first ball held by lord venture yeah, um, in like a week's time, where she isn't, she's not excited about it at all. No, not and at says all. it like as well as being trained in elementary, says it also has been training her in the art of eating like a lady and small talk and all the other important things. Yes, court skills, real life skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, diplomacy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that she they had a lesson on small talk is just hilarious enough. I feel like you could probably do with a lesson in small talk. <clears throat> oh, please. I'm great at small talk. Mm-hmm. We just don't small talk. <laughs> Why would we? We this have better true. things to talk about. Okay, fine. I need lessons in small talk. I'm <laughs> bad at talking about nothing. <clears throat> oh, I'm great at it. I can go on for hours. <laughs> Okay, fine. You can be the hero of this book, then. I, I, I don't think that she is great at small talk, even with <laughs> a lesson. I don't think we ever see her do Success- successfully a lot <laughs> of small talk. She is better when she stays still and looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, lady of the high court, right? Yeah. Just look pretty. The advantage of being malnourished for like most of her life is that she's really dainty looking. She's really like she's got excellent petite. cheekbones because she's gaunt. She's very petite. Like, yeah, <clears throat> she's yeah. not exactly um, voluptuous. She's had growth stunts. It's great. <laughs> she's had stunted growth and finally just started eating. So fats in all the right places. Yeah, you know. Winning. That's exactly the body that we want in young women. Malnourished until well past puberty, and then fat in the right places because they've started to eat again. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at covers of magazines, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, we... Um, yes. I think next we already have the ball, right? Uh, yeah, but I think we should just quickly mention what we learned in the lessons. 
Ah, so we right. learn about the ten great houses of Luthadel, yes. which is Ventra, Hastings, Lariel, yeah, Tekel, uh, Smekel, Beckel, Geckel, and whatever. There's like Urban <laughs> and Buddha. I don't remember any more of them. I mean, it's uh, I think mostly Venture and Hastings are the ones that are important later on. Yeah. The Jek- Jekyll, Urban, and Buddha are just the other ones. Yeah, and Venture and Hastings are also the two biggest. Yeah. The most famous or richest or whatever. Most powerful. Yes, all of the above. Yeah, pretty much. Um... Yeah, so which is kind of like one of the reasons why it was such a big deal for them to lose their haze killers and stuff. Yeah, and being attacked in general, being the most powerful house, and then still being attacked by presumably Hastings, their next uh, next closest rival, I guess. Yeah. So it was so, a big deal for the most powerful house to be attacked and actually have been stolen from successfully. Yeah, and have most of their soldiers killed, because then that leaves... Yeah, sorry. Leaves them in a position to be attacked again. Um, And we also get a mention of the Keepers. Yes, we do. So we find out that um, Sazed is a Keeper, and basically he, he stores knowledge and like Vin is very mesmerized by the idea that he can remember all of these languages that he knows and all of the religions, religions and just all of the, the knowledge and yeah I think that's also the conversation where we find out that he's a furo chemist or whatever yeah um, yeah where he tries to explain just a tiny bit um, that, that he stores basically all that information in a way that other people can't. And that's yeah. why you can remember it so well. And we don't really get much more of an explanation about that. But I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I like the idea of just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm just storing it all away. Just for a rainy day. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all we get from that one. Yeah, okay. And then the next one is the going they're going to Luther for fuck's sake. Luther 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 yes. Um <clears throat> I think um, I think we have a, a bit in between where where they have another um another meeting before Yeah. They... Yes, sorry. So when they get the to Luther they have a meeting, and that's when one some of the other members of the crew start teaching teacher teaching her how to use the different metals, because like Kelsey goes off to do more secret meetings or secret things. Yeah, and we also have <laughs> we also have the um, the conversation between Kelsey, Vin, and Sazed, where he tells them about another religion. And Kelsey asks him if there's a religion that includes uh, the slaughter of noblemen as a holy <laughs> duty, because that would be the right one for him. And yeah, I mean, says it goes, he doesn't think so, but he's gotta keep looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also get um, Kelsey speaking to the crowd, right? 
Yes, holding. So they, they, he basically goes to speak um, in a crowd trying to incite, like, um, rebellious rebellion. And everybody in the team is, like, um, using what Vin was calling her luck to, like, soothe people in, like, some pages of the speech and, like, riot in other bits of the speech and, like, trying to, like, convey some, like, real emotions around it, like... <clears throat> yeah, and making... Yeah, making them trust him and all these yeah, so necessary so- things. Soothing when he's talking about himself and, like, riot when they're talking about the Empire and, like, trying to light some anger in these folks. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Which... Also, we have, um, I don't know which of the guys it was, who, um, who was narrating that scene, basically, which, um, at which moments there was soothing being done and all the other emotions, and basically showing Vin that you can't just force somebody to feel something just from one second to the other. Like, you can't just convince somebody to do something head-on, otherwise they'll realize they've been tempered with. You need to actually, like, get a sense of what they've been feeling at the moment and then try to manipulate it in the right way. Otherwise, you're just going to basically make them realize something's wrong. Yeah, so you need to, like, play it really cool. (laughs) Yes. Just making sure that it's not an easy um, skill, basically. And I think we also get um, get the the, um, the uh, nickname for Marsh that that used to be Iron Eyes. Oh yeah, they, Iron Eyes. They stopped using it because they of the realized... Steel Inquisitors. Yes, because they have giant metal bars through their eyes. Yes, and there are some really great um, fan art out there. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta Google that. Oh, it's, do I want it's to? great. Yes, it looks awesome. I mean, Mist Wraiths, too. There's some people with real good skill. Yeah, it's. I mean, I only Googled it after the first time I wrote. I read it, so it's, it's been a while. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. But I felt like they. he couldn't really move his head. Why not? Because he had giant metal bars, so he has one that runs down the back of his spine. This comes later when they actually, like, pull one of these guys apart. No, this is earlier, when he, like, Kelsia kills the one of the Steel Inquisitors. No. Yeah, but I thought it was lower down on the spine. Uh, I thought they couldn't really move their head at all, so they, like, turn their whole body to face their charge. Isn't that part of their, like, great big fear thing? I can't remember that, but... At any rate, uh, yes, they have big, like, almost metal nails through their eyes. Yeah. I did not imagine it to be at all like any of this fan art has. The way I imagined it, I'm gonna... I'm gonna draw it. This is what I imagined all of the bars to look like. Like... Um, I I did imagine it like that, because I think when they described it in one of the earlier chapters, when we get the first 
the first appearance of a steel inquisitor i think they did say that it was like a flat surface on the front and the spike in the back protruding from the head oh okay well i imagine them all kind of being like hexagonal for some reason like almost crystalline and then that crystal comes to a tapered tapered point you know hmm I think I think it was fairly. I think the the first time they um they show one in the book, I think they describe it to be pretty much like the fan art looks, at least for the the spikes themselves. Yeah. Hi. But I don't think they mention it later on again. So. I don't know. You see. See if I can. What? Uh, can you see my drawing? Um. No, a lot of pixel.